low expectations and was very pleasantly surprised yeah speaking of butt chugging welcome to the down and front podcast and i am your host the mouth of south bryland tonight we will be reviewing fighting with my family directed written by stephen merchant starring uh florence Pugh, uh stephen merchant himself dwayne the rock johnson and many other folks that we'll discuss but before we begin we always want to have a nice introduction to see what we've been sipping on, what we've been watching. Also, we're going to talk about our current favorite wrestler. And so we also have some very special guests with us this evening. Our first guest, he thought he was going to host this podcast. But if we look around, he only has a 25% chance of hosting this podcast. And I have a 25% chance of hosting this podcast. But when you count that Warren and Mocha are not here, that brings my chance up to 75% chance. And then he didn't factor in that I am a genetic freak, which exponentially raises my chance to host this podcast to 134 and 3 fourths% chance. <laughs> and we know that. Blewett's not going to host. So that brings this guest's chances down to a negative 13 and 17 3 fourths chance of hosting. And the numbers don't lie. But anyway, this guy is a ginger and a ninja. He might be even the machoist ginger I know about, Mr. Ooh, Kyle Kowalski. I got, a, I got well, a multiplier to the name. Thank you for the big pop of pump interpretation. That's like, that's old school math. That was the dumbest promo I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Because he just commits to it so hard. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I usually come in for Marvel movies, but when there's a wrestling one, I had to make sure I stopped by. So I'm glad to be back. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. So what you been uh, sipping on? What you watching? Who, who's your favorite current wrestler? All right. Currently, I'm sipping on a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. It's a wonder brewery, wonderful brewery out of Michigan. Uh, specifically, I don't know if their entire brewery, but I know they have a tap room in Kalamazoo, Michigan which is just lovely. And they just started distributing to the New England area in the last year or so. But before that, this was something I only got on tour when we would go to Michigan or like New York, where I was first introduced to this by a great man named Dave Groves down in Florida. And it's still with me to this day. So shout out to that dude and having that going on. Uh, what I'm watching is I've been going through from the get-go of simultaneously, I'm going through Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I just never caught up with the show, and now I'm starting to watch it, and I regret that. I'm glad it's still on the air, because the show is fantastic. I'm like, through sec- season two for it. Uh, and besides that, I'm also finally committing to watching Breaking Bad, and I'm almost done with season four. And I also regret not watching that from the get. Favorite awesome. current wrestler? It, it, for multiple reasons, but like a lot of them being that she's Stone Cold reincarnate. Becky Lynch the man oh yeah so badass like 
she's doing it in a way where it's not directly just like you're just being stone cold. It's just reminiscent enough while being fresh enough. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Cool. And yeah, uh, I love, I actually love the stuff I've seen of Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, but I haven't really gotten to the seasons so far, but, uh, you can't deny Terry Crews. That guy is amazing. Uh, and breaking bad is a classic. So just like every season, you just gobble it up because it's just mind blowing how good of a story that is as well. But thank you for joining us this evening. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this movie. Our mm-hmm. other, our other special guest, he is the five time, five time, five time, five time, five time champion of the fear boners, King Abbott. Thanks for joining us this evening. How are you doing, my friend? I feel like I got to do a spinner Rooney. That was a heck of an introduction. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> no uh, problem. Good, good. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, I'm happy to be back. It's been a while since I've been on the May Say podcast. So, um, yeah. And uh, I wasn't sure if you guys were going to cover this one when uh, Kyle and I actually got a chance to see like a, a an advanced screening like a while ago. And then I'd sort of forgotten about it. So I was hyped when you asked us to be on here. So I'm super excited to talk about this movie because I really enjoyed it. And it kind of reminded me of, um, do you guys remember Ready to Rumble? It really um, made me oh. <laughs> <laughs> really the movie, back to that fucking movie. The movie that led to David Arquette being the WCW champion? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great things came out of that film. And I hope a lot of great things come out of this film. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, as for what I'm drinking, um, I actually went to the, the bodega down the street, the liquor bodega, the liquor dega, and, uh, picked up the, the, what I believe is the last bottle of my favorite wine. Cause they just started having it. It's the wine that I've always bought there as long as I've lived here. So going back like four or five years now, $5 a bottle, Chiva Loco, crazy goat, great, great stuff. Don't know what kind of wine it really is, but I had to dig today to find it. And I finally found one bottle and I almost started crying. And the owner said, yeah, I think that's the last bottle. They don't make this shit anymore. So I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the sad little crazy goat bottle of wine. Um, and I just see for- Sam Raimi like directing a scene of you digging holes in a backyard. Oh yeah. Just like furiously <laughs> just trying to find this ancient bottle of wine. And then I turn around and you think it's me, but it's really Nicolas Cage and it's the new national treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, as for what I'm watching, uh, I've been on a documentary kick recently. So I've been watching a lot of weird documentaries. So I was super pumped to see they put up that four parter on a, on Amazon about John and Lorena Bobbitt. Um, It's called Lorena. So it's obviously mostly about her because, you know, they really do a wonderful job. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. If nobody's familiar, she she chopped off her husband's penis, and you know it's 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 stretched into four parts, so it's four hour and a half long episodes essentially. It's actually executive produced by Jordan Peele, which is kind of cool. Um, and they do a great job of just really digging into it because I remember as a child being like obsessed with that story for some reason. I would have been six when it happened. I don't know why, but I remember asking my parents about it because it was all over the news, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, they were a married couple, and now they're not best friends anymore." I was like, well, why? What did what did she do to the man's dingaling? And now, as a thirty-one-year-old adult, I know what she did to the man's dingaling. Finally, because <laughs> it's not something I really went out of my way to research before. But this movie really gets in depth, including like gratuitous like surgery shots of like oh. the, the yeah, you see you see the damage, and you find out what what a sick sad scumbag John Bobbitt was. So 
Um, I definitely recommend it if you're looking into documentary stuff. It's really well presented and really entertaining. It's super sad, but then by the end, it sort of redeems itself and it really digs deep. So I uh, highly recommend Lorena. Um, and yeah, as far as favorite wrestler, I didn't realize we were talking current, but now that I'm thinking about it, probably got to still be Rey Mysterio. Grew up loving that guy. Just only realized recently he's back. I haven't seen him perform recently, but, you know, he's all over the place. He's my favorite tiny little Mexican firecracker. <laughs> That's 619. <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> awesome. So thanks for joining us this evening. Great to have you, as always, Andrew. And the last person we're going to introduce before myself is the jabroni beating, pie eating, albert raising, guitar shredding, shredder himself, Mr. Mike Blewett. How's it going this evening? I too like wrestling. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, how's it going, guys? Uh, nice to be back on after the children's movie from last week that I. I was not, my mom wouldn't take me to the theater to see that one, so I sat it out. Um, (laughs) This week, I am drinking water. No real reason, like other weeks, I just, you know, water. I got some uh, some good old goat beer, good to go. It's not beer that's like the, made from a goat. It's just, it's beer called the goat. It's a Bach. Uh, It's in honor of Tom Brady, because he is our Lord and Savior. Uh, As for what I've been watching, um... I got three things. First of all, I finished Russian Dolls. If you haven't got a chance to see it, it's amazing. It's I like binged the last like six episodes because I just couldn't stop watching it. Um, I've also I had myself a fun night uh, like on the Saturday, I believe, and woke up and pretty much just, you know, couldn't leave the bed uh, because of the night that I had such a great time that, you know, 12 hours ago. Um, And I watched The Whole Truth, which is a movie starring Keanu Reeves in a completely redone Renee Zellweger. She looks nothing like she did. Uh, (laughs) And it's a courtroom case movie where Keanu Reeves plays a lawyer. And uh, I think it's Gugu and Bafara is in it. It was bizarre, stupid, and I don't know, it filled (laughs) a void. But like I would never watch it on my own. Um, And then the last thing, I have to bring this up because I I love stupid crap like this. so there is a channel on YouTube called Chart Party, uh, and this guy it's under the it's under the the umbrella of sports sports book nation uh, SB Nation. Um, obviously, they do sports related videos, but this guy does these weird little animated things where he basically picks a subject and then creates like a really really in depth, well researched uh, kind of chart thing. So like charts kind of come in, and then they at the end they make a big old organized you know science fair board uh most of these things follow the normal youtube uh 10 to 15 minutes you know quick hits let's go you know figure it out and go on to the next one um this one didn't so if you can find it it is a chart party on the saddest punt of all time and so i thought he'd you know clearly outline some parameters and then you know, show the the saddest punt of all time, and that's it. This this thing was a freaking hour long. It was <laughs> it was so much about punting. It was an unbelievable, like just well researched, very well in depth punting video, and I watched it all. It was phenomenal. Definitely Isn't worth checking a, out. 
isn't Gary Upranian the one that has the saddest punt of all time in like Super Bowl three or four or whatever? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So this was it was also from uh, from 2000 on. So he went oh, okay. through four, but it was still 46,000 punts that he went through and charted. I think the oh, I think the the winner was like a punt where the team was down by like three on their opponent's 34 yard line in like with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was like, it it was like, just kick the field goal. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's a kind of, there's kind of a twist ending and I don't want to say it. Uh, If, if you can be about a factual, like, you know, like a data set video, there's a, there's a twist ending. Um, the punter was dead the whole time. <laughs> it was well. The audience was. If you watched the latest, last Super Bowl, you might have you might have been feeling that. Um, but yeah, definitely. If you're into uh, the NFL and you're into advanced statistics, it's definitely a cool channel to check out. And it's it was a it's an interesting ride. As for my favorite wrestler, I don't know. I I was working during the Rumble and I watched two things. I really liked Shinsuke. Last time I saw yeah. him on on WrestleMania from last year. Uh, Oscar was fun from the Royal Rumble a year ago. They're current. That's good. Yeah, that's, like that. yeah. that's all about all all They're two of my faves too. Oscar's so. currently the SmackDown Women's Champion. No one's thinking about SmackDown's Women's Champion, but she is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. Is Shinsuke still being... a heel right now? Uh, Shinsuke is teamed up with uh, Rusev, and so they're doing some tag team stuff. It's okay. interesting. I thought that was just Thank for Rusev yeah. Day. Uh, every day's receptive. Shin's day. Well, that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this receptive day. <laughs> Tell me that bit's still happening. I don't know if it's. <laughs> uh, in somewhat of a way, I mean, without the uh, musical intro, in- intro deleted in. Oh, right, because they got, uh, they demoted the dude who would introduce him. I can't think of his name. Yeah, yeah after, after Rusev started waxing his entire body. Yeah, uh, kind of got a little Why do you why do you start getting rid of the hair? I like that furry teddy bear. Yeah, he was like a little <laughs> little bear man. Yeah, it was like an Ewok. Yeah. If you put him, if you like pulled on his corner, like you were dragging a picture document. If you pulled on his corner. <laughs> I think we all kind of do what you meant, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> Find the corner on the human. <laughs> Thank you as always, Blood, for joining yeah. us. Talk to you. Magic every time. <laughs> and I am your host, Brylan, the mouth of the South. And what I've been watching recently, or what I'm drinking right now, uh, I just downed a big ass cup of cold brew, so I am full of caffeine. Uh, but I'm just drinking water for the rest of the night, stay hydrated, and uh, to uh, not get a little crazy, especially since it's Mardi Gras. Uh, I ate a lot of cake today, which was fun and sugary. Um, but uh, what I've been watching recently, uh, Into the Spider-Verse came out on digital last week. So I've watched that about 5,000 times because it's amazing. Uh, but also, uh, I also took a look at the alternate version that comes with uh, the Into the Spider-Verse digital version. And this was a neat little... Um, watch because uh, it adds some really cool things to the movie even though they're unfinished and it's just the storyboards animated um i still think it kind of fits with like that multimedia clash and 
grouping of everything that that movie's all about. Um, and there's some really cool things. First off, the movie starts with like a 10 minute intro of Spider Ham, which is amazing. <laughs> but a lot of the storyboards have to deal with the growth of Miles and Ganke's relationship as friends at school. And all the stuff they cut is actually really cool uh, about how, like, it makes Ganke into an actual character. And, really? and it's like, you like this kid a lot. And he's kind of like that kid that's smarter than Miles that makes Miles, takes the takes that extra step to make Miles feel belonging at this very prestigious school where he kind of feels left out and everything. So I think it was cool to see that friendship. And then also they had some cool endpoints where they have one last uh, Doc Ock scene that I think is really neat and says a lot about that character. Um, but I'll watch that movie all the way through without fast-forwarding just to always get back to that last end credit scene to see uh, Spider-Man 2099 come into 1967 and just point at You pointed. Pointy is rude. <laughs> Which one uh, is the real one? It's both of them. <laughs> Who pointed first? <laughs> That's actually but, kind uh, of exciting, though, that they, they sort of filled out Ganke a little bit more, because he's such a, a more important character in the comics that I was surprised he wasn't highlighted more in the movie, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so two of my current favorite wrestlers, uh, I'm going to give it up to Pete Dunn. Uh, I like this dude a lot. I like his Word. look and his style. I like how he carries his belt out and his mouth. Um, I like his wrestling style where it could come off very cheesy, this joint manipulation thing, but he makes it look gruesome as hell whenever he does it. So Pete Dunn, I hope he gets on the main roster soon and is um, is given the quality matches that he deserves, even though I think like his size will probably keep him underutilized a bit. Uh, and the other person I wanted to speak about is um, Otis from Heavy Machinery. Um, I'm going to call him Otis the Dozer. His last name is a very Eastern European name that I can't pronounce. Uh, but this guy is amazing. He has no neck. If you would think of like what is it, what is a human size uh, human size tardigrade would look like? It's Otis. <laughs> Wait a minute, I gotta look this up. And he's amazing in the ring. Uh, he's like one of those big chunky dudes that can move around really well. Uh, but also his character and his personality is awesome. That I hope that tag team gets gets the belts on them soon because they're a big fun uh, tag team that you can root for. Bogojevic. The joke of... Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> yeah, I found his name, but I can't find his neck. <laughs> yeah, he has zero neck. I've never seen anybody before that's reached that level of zero neck, except for Otis. <laughs> um, but thank you for joining us this evening. Before we get into our review, uh, we're going to take some time where we want we shout out uh, the people that we care about or we want to just give a good call out to in our send us up uh, moment. So I'm going to start with Mr. Abbott or King Abbott. I'm sorry. Um, who do you want to send us up out to? I would love to send a sip out, not only just to my subjects across Abbotton, but also the jabronis that aren't here tonight, the jabronis that did not watch this fantastic film. 
mostly Warren. Um, because it's kind of nice to to be part of this podcast and not have to look at his his silly face or hear his silly voice. So to the jabronis, I'm sending a sip out to all of you. Here's his jabronis. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Mr. Blewett, who are you sending your sip out to? My mom. Oh. Because because you love That's her. It's a feel good moment. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, I ran out of people. Oh, <laughs> right out of oh. right out of Wilsons. Uh, yeah, I, I used my two Wilsons, and uh, you know, I used the Patriots. I think twice. So I, next one down to my mom. Oh well, here's a sip. Here's the having priorities. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kowalski, Killer Kowalski, who are you gonna send your sip out to? Inspired that. Uh... I remembered in the middle of talking about my bells too hard to Dale, I have to give it up and send this sip to my boy, David Groves back home down in Florida with his beautiful wife, Shanda and his lovely child. He's got a wonderful family going now and I'm just happy. Life is working out for him. So send that sip to him. Awesome. Too sexy. David Groves, the sips for you. I don't like him. And I'm going to send my sip out. It's kind of on a somber tone, but I did want to recognize a couple of people that have unfortunately departed from this world recently. Uh, First sip I'm going to give out is to Keith Flint, the head MC of The Prodigy. This was a band that uh, was definitely part of my musical tapestry growing up as a kid. Really definitely uh, a band that kind of defined what electronic music is all about for me. So I definitely want to send a step out to him. Definitely far too young to uh, leave this planet. Um, I also want to give a step out to Luke Perry. I never watched 90210 or anything, but I knew that he was like that 90s classic teen heartthrob that all the girls loved and everything uh but he actually grew into a really cool actor like that first season of riverdale he's actually really good as the dad as archie's dad on that show uh and he also had some really cool uh big character moments throughout different movies over his career he unfortunately had a stroke and didn't recover so i did want to send a sip out to luke perry and then today, unfortunately, in the wrestling world, we lost King Kong Bundy, who was one of those heels back in the 80s that you just wanted to hate. He had the look of just a monster, but he's probably a big, wholesome, happy-go-lucky guy in real life. So sip out to King Kong Bundy. You entertained me as a kid uh, growing up a lot. So thank you for all the entertainment that y'all have offered it to us. Here sips out to those three guys right there. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will be reviewing with all the spoilers intact, uh, fighting with my family directed and written by Steven Merchant. So feel free to take a break, but come back and listen to us very shortly.
the Down and Front podcast again. We're back. We're still talking about wrestling. And we're going to talk about this movie, Fighting with My Family, <laughs> starring Florence Pugh, Stephen Merchant, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Nick Frost, Linda Headley, Hetty, and many other people as well. Uh, and we're going to keep it pretty much to the acting and the story elements to talk about this time. Everything will be spoiled for you uh, because this is a movie that relies pretty much on its acting and its story as well. So to start us off, Mr. Blewett, how about you let us know some of the things about the acting the story that you either appreciated or you had some issues with? Yeah, so the, the acting, first of all, I would like to say that I think they got away with so much in this movie because they used British humor. Um, I think a lot of the jokes, had they been Americanized, would not have flown. Like, because they, they, they dressed it up and made it sound all silly and British and all that stuff. Oh, man, English is going to snipe me from, like, a mile out. Um, <laughs> but, you, but I was going to say, you can barely do it in American, so. <laughs> me no American talk good. Um, so, like, I think they, they, they kind of lucked out because they could get away with a lot of their crass jokes um, and have it just silly enough that, like, you know, you could market it as a PG-13 movie. Um, the second thing, I, I thought they perfectly cast the family. Um, you know, Nick Frost is that lovable big goofball who, you know, just might have a criminal past. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of an idiot the whole time. Uh, I even thought Lena Headey got enough moments to really shine as an actress. Like she she had that one scene where she was talking to Nick Frost and she went full on Cersei with like the, you know, you won't have a family to come back to. Because like, you know, at a core, she's a very, very good dramatic actress. And being put in a, a funny wrestling movie is doesn't really have that. But the writers did find a way to have them, you know, kind of expand on that. Um I think one of the the challenges with a movie like this is that they you know you you have it this this whole story took place what 4 years ago? 5 years ago. It's like you have yeah. HD quality At least. like cell phone videos, you know, that are are um you know out and about. So you could see exactly what these people looked like. Um and so they did a very good job casting them. This isn't like a situation with Scarlett Johansson playing, you know, like Paul Mooney. It's like, oh, we we know. <laughs> like we know. Um uh, couple things. Um I thought that two well, two other things. I thought they really I was pleasantly surprised how much they fully embraced that wrestling is scripted. Um I love that one line that it's um wrestling isn't fake, it's fixed. Uh, you know, I think I think myself, I've gone through I've gone through phases where, you know, when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like they're beating the hell out of each other. And then you get older and you're like, oh, this is fake. Uh, and then you come back to it. And I, where I'm at right now is that these guys are improv soap actors and soap actresses that are also some of the most athletic people on the planet doing, you know, gymnastics at each other. Like that's that's freaking cool when you abstract it and take the tights and spandex away and, you know, the funny one-liners. It's like, it's a pretty interesting job. And I thought they, they really sold this, the soul of what that makes it work, where like, hey, you have to have the, the character dynamic. You also have to be incredibly physical because um, it's not necessarily fake, even though it totally is. Um, 
And uh, I really liked how I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that the WWE would kind of like tell their writers to like, hey, maybe we somewhat make it seem more like it's real rather than, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, Miss P uh, as Paige was I thought she was the most like rootable, like, quote unquote, dog I've ever I've ever seen in a movie. Like she wasn't necessarily like an underdog. Um, you know, she came from a wrestling family. She had a, a good coach and her brother um, and she had like an interesting character to her. So, you know, she clearly stood out. You could kind of understand uh, the reason that Vince Vaughn kept on kind of pushing her through. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, she was an overdog either. She wasn't like, uh, you know, Alita from, uh, the, like with the, one of the last reviews where it's like, oh yeah, you're kind of a badass and we expect you to win at everything. Yeah. You know, we she's just want a Charlotte who's like, yeah, she's family wrestler too, but it's like clear path. Right. Right. You, you could, you yeah. could root for Charlotte, even though. Like she is so clearly had everything lined up for her because she's just like a yeah. she's a good character. Um, the, the the nepotism spoke for her. You right. guys sound like you're comparing yourselves to characters in Sex in the City. <laughs> That's oh, they're we a are. Charlotte. <laughs> that is that is such a Trish thing to say. <laughs> are we talking about Trish Stratus? That's exactly about who Stratus. I'm talking about. Good. No, what? That's exactly That's such an ultimate warrior thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, she was she was she was very much like a, just a dog, not an underdog, an overdog. She was just like kind of a regular person, uh, but she was very rootable. Um, and you know, I was genuinely like excited when she got when she flipped the tire over. I was like, "Oh, we did it! We trained. We had that Rocky <laughs> montage on the beach with the slow motion running. You did it. Where's Carl Weathers?" cool abed uh what would you add to that yeah you know i um going into it i didn't even really look much up about this movie um i didn't even know nick frost and uh queen cersei were in it until i saw the movie poster walking into the theater um and then uh what what also what blue had just mentioned i almost forgot that vince vaughn was in there in a major way and um it was kind of cool to see how they wrapped this this story that started like obviously it was true to life it had been a fairly successful documentary that was made over in the uk and put on tv um and then they turned it into this dramatic semi-comedy family movie um and i think the jokes were really well written and kind of fast-paced and really great like the the one that they double down on a couple times is when lana headley's character says oh well dick me dead and bury me pregnant and all the all the all the english people in the room are just like what or no? All the American people in the room are just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's an atrocious thing to say, but like that's just saying like, wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Nick Frost's timing is always great. His delivery was impeccable. Um, and it's funny at the end when they show you what the real people look like and like kind of showing there and sort of some clips from the documentary and things. Um, but it was interesting, you know, like the rocks part in the film was sort of interesting and that he was a producer and he sort of replaces certain people. Um, and like the timing of it was the only thing that kind of bothered me. But acting wise, I think that, you know, everyone was was very successful. It was definitely better than I thought it was going to be. I had no expectations going into it. Um, but I think the one thing that sort of brought me out of it sometimes was when it all these jokes kind of led up into something that t- took a serious turn. 
like when the brother when we get to the moment where the brother doesn't get chosen but but Paige does and all of a sudden there's like this dark turn where you know things are going to get serious you're like oh no like I was really hoping this was going to be was just going to continue on the fun trend and like I know it had to be serious and like I kind of wish it was one or the other and not like this weird roller coaster like I kind of wanted it to be a comedy almost like if if we wanted like the serious full true to life story like you could go and watch the documentary but if I wanted to be entertained like just you know keep up the same pace throughout the length of the film um but no I you know like I said it reminded me a lot of it had moments that brought me back into ready to rumble so I I really thoroughly enjoyed all the actors and their their interactions throughout the film yeah i think uh one of the best scenes with uh nick frost was when he's in his office with his friend and they're calling like the promoter and they're it's like he wants to know if you'll do this to your face and he's like <laughs> just takes the garbage can and hits him in the face and he like shakes it off he's like yeah he'll do that and then he just What's grabs that? the bowling ball and just yeah, bowling shoves ball. it his and so i was like what did he what did he hit him in the dick with i was trying to think the bowling, like, ball. Yeah, it's a bowling, bowling ball, ball. Yep. <laughs> yeah but that's what it's like though they don't, people don't, what is it? People don't think it'd be like that. It is, but it do. <laughs> yeah. They don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. Yeah. These people put themselves through pain for our entertainment. And yes. even though it's not like a UFC fight, there's still going to be that physicality to it that they got to be ready to deal with when they go into that ring. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I also almost wish there were like more, they had sort of pushed the, like Kyle and I, like I said before, we went to a, an advanced screening and Stephen Merchant was actually there. Um, and he talked a little bit before the film and then took some questions afterward. And like, um, there were some very pointed questions. Uh, and eventually he was just like, well, actually, even though I'm friends with DJ, who, which is the way that he kept referring to Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, his friend <laughs> DJ, he was like, I actually don't. He I, definitely played up a bit. Yeah. He was like, before I did this movie, I didn't know anything about wrestling. And I feel like that That's shows a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he definitely learned a lot. But I feel like it would have been great if they pushed that even harder and somehow managed to get some more cameos in the movie. Like the part with who is it? Big Show and... Um, Seamus. Seamus. Yeah. That part's, that part's <laughs> really good. Because like at that point, Kyle and I were talking about it because that was right in the midst of the Big Show's like kind of like last run where he was really pushing his uh, his super diet and being in the best shape of his life and they're having an argument about eating cheeseburgers and it's so like a throwaway scene but it's if you know, you know and it's like really funny. But yeah, I love like I, I almost wish there was more of that in the movie too. Awesome. Yeah, they had an opportunity at WrestleMania to, to, to basically throw, you know, all their current superstars in there for one scene and I don't know. I, I wish there. I, I agree not, with you. I wish there was more cameos, did but the, not with the, in the timing. Is that that the WrestleMania moment? It's real, but that also happened five years ago. Like in the match, like her winning the title, like they would have had to digitally yeah. de-age all the all the wrestlers. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean a lot five of them, years ain't that. I mean, no, five and years a lot of them are, are still big. Like you have John Cena. You know, like. John Cena, Roman Reigns, like they're still they're still around. Yeah. Like you don't oh, have to yeah. get like the new guys. Because yeah. WWE films also did like produce this movie, so there's easily a crossover. We're like, yeah, we can work this schedule around your work schedule because we're the same company. I'm pretty like, sure they, they shot on that. an off night on Raw a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the that, final that, match with Paige and uh, AJ. Yeah, I was thinking AJ Styles for a Steven second. Mer- I want to <laughs> say Stephen Merchant talked about that. How like it was like, or maybe I just read something after like, like it was like a night in New 
it was after Raw, and they're like, you have a half hour. And, like, The Rock was supposed to go out way before he did. Like, he was supposed to go out and, like, like hype the crowd. Or he was supposed to go out and do a 10-minute promo just to get the crowd riled up and then do have 45 minutes or whatever match. And instead, he went out and he did, a, like, a 35-minute promo. Like, he just went out and winged it, and, like, he's interacting with fans and doing all this and he's like and now you guys all have to act like this match is real <laughs> and then they go out and like they do the match and they had way less time than they thought but like they managed to get what they needed out of it hmm. Hmm. like this did his thing he was just like ah, nah, i'm not I'm, I'm going off script yeah but it'll, have, like, it'll have the crowd going yeah i did like some of the Dwayne uh moments like especially the first one when zach and uh soraya meet him I think that's a great bit, uh, especially just how Dwayne, the way he like, he is able to like stop himself and turn around in like multiple different ways every single time and just continue to show his frustration with them just asking a question after question. And uh, that part was fine and everything. I do feel like it did start to become too much of the Dwayne show and lose some focus on uh, Paige's story just because mm-hmm. of that um but um i did yeah, want to it, it, it made, it I made did, his star power too pronounced yeah I, it made it seem like that he was like this silent shepherd that mm-hmm. that fall that kind of like heralded page through to the pros uh to get to that title shot uh which probably is not factual at all no it kind of made me want uh, a buddy cop movie, like the opposite of what Hobbs and Shaw is going to be, but with The Rock and Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. apparently, I, I love at the end of that, like just how dead serious Vince Vaughn is, where he's like, "Yeah, what are you doing talking to The Rock? You're here to you're here to uh, try out. You can't talk to The Rock." Yeah, <laughs> and what it was, was just like. It was no was sex, it tape. It was sex tape. It was sex tape, which is yeah. super awkward <laughs> based on yeah. Paige's, uh, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't believe they left that line in. But I, I agree. I think that they had one too many Dwayne Johnson scenes, which is a kind of a weird thing to say. But but like like we were talking about, I think they could have introduced someone else, you know, for one middle of the movie scene and then had The Rock come back at the whole end of the, the program. Uh, apparently right. that meeting actually did happen though. Um, yeah. Except yep. apparently it was it was not to say you're going to get a title shot the next day. It was The Rock saying he wanted to make the movie. Huh. And That's then I guess apparently it took five years to ship you know ship the idea around, get a script writer, and then actually make the damn thing. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah, that so early on in her career, they were like, I yeah, want to make a well, movie of this. Well, yeah, because the British documentary has existed because even before she had made it to the WWE level, it was still like a great story even to get it at NXT. So yeah. it's like the Camp CYK of this movie. Yeah. CKY. KY Jelly. Yeah. But I was hoping in the skybox, it would be Vince McMahon. Or th- one of the McMahons and kind of give us like a little pull the curtain behind to see like what one of them would be like in that more business setting and not their characters. Like I would expect her to walk into a room with Vince and he's like, Paige, you got the beef, Look at all this beef. <laughs> to get a title shot at tomorrow night. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't like, I'd like to see business Vince and like, 
Vince how he actually handles deals like that. I thought that would be really cool to see, but I'm pretty sure WWE will protect that with yeah as much That's, stuff as they can. I so agree with that. Like how cool it would be to see that, but like. That's the thing, though. They've boxed themselves in 20 years ago where, like, there's Vince McMahon and, and then there's Mr. McMahon. And that's yeah. a protected character. It's the ultimate evil villain out. I mean, who introduced Charlotte into this match that we're talking about? Like, maybe the WrestleMania main event. Or, no, Becky Lynch, you're not the, the reason we're doing this. I'm putting Charlotte in. And, like, they're still using him as the ultimate, like, evil CEO. Yeah, but you could you so could have like, like a you could have a nice moment with him where you, you know he steps out of the shadows and you're like oh it's Vince McMahon like you know and and you could be like oh I've been watching the last you know couple months of you on uh, NXT and like you know we want to give you that shot like you don't have to yeah. necessarily make it like a you know super business just like hey this is one of the upper echelon like movers and shakers in this world and they're kind of interested yeah. also Brian chop me Paige chop yeah. me. Now, <laughs> um, just like Donald Trump, Drop my beef. Um, what was I gonna say? The uh, I, when I first read your note, Bryland, uh on that scene, I thought I just read it wrong, and I thought you meant Vince Vaughn. And I was like, Vince Vaughn drops her off, and then just teleports in. She walks in, and Vince Vaughn also standing there, and then he teleports and then she behind her. It's zone. And then he's he's just like, no hard feelings, kid. Like, <laughs> you know, and then, that, and then that he like just great. flies off on her. And then all of a sudden, you're like, am I watching an anime? What did I just watch for the Every last hour? Every other character in the movie is Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Wait, yeah, no. You Vince slowly McMahon realize they're played. just all being replaced by Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Vince McMahon played by Vince Vaughn. Like, Vince Vaughn takes off, like, the recruiter Jack, and he's like, it was me. It was me the whole time. But the weird part <laughs> is that they flip out Vince Vaughn as, like, you know, the sex tape with Peter Dinklage. And it's just Ooh. been Peter Dinklage the whole time. You're like, what? Why is everyone Vince Vaughn except Vince Vaughn is now Peter Dinklage? The entire cast of Game of Thrones just comes out from behind the curtain. <laughs> Somehow, I didn't Sean realize Dean you were on first dies. name basis with Vince McMahon, Ryland. Is this something that you've been meaning to tell us the whole time? Oh, well, they, yeah, no. Uh, he usually calls him Vinny Mac. Uh, yeah, Vinny Mac. <laughs> calls so him he's Big actually Mac. being more professional for the podcast. Yeah, Massachusetts. Mr. Vince. <laughs> Big Mr. V. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what would you add to this uh, about the acting in the story? I definitely enjoyed the story. I do just from nature of just like knowing like the wrestling like there's definitely a lot of things that are taken out just because they don't serve the story as well and Stephen Rich definitely like addressed this because there were some folks there at the advanced screening to do the Q&A and some folks asked like well that timeline didn't really work out and I remember wanting to ask just like how much of the nitty-gritty of coming up in the business like the Vince Vaughn character is an amalgamation of several trainers at the NXT Performance Center, yeah, and different people like talent people like um, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I was thinking it's like one element of the character. He is not completely, but he is a big part. And everyone who's gone come up through NXT, up through his passing, like that was his like final like work of art was like doing the training behind the scenes to work these people up. But like Roman Reigns. Paige, Becky Lynch, uh, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, like several of the wrestlers from NXT can can't say enough how much 
uh, Dusty Rhodes was a big factor. And so, but at the same time, you can't have this these many trainers. Like it 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 gets too confusing. It's not interesting. The the in between how lonely she actually was on the like how much make friends those were uh, abstract. Like I wondered what wrestling and if they actually became close or if it was just not whitewashed but like just abstracted so that the general feel-good story still stood because it's still incredible it's a wonderful story but it didn't happen that simply like how page came to be but it's still yeah. a very good story and you just had to take some of the trainers out you had to make them one character for vince vaughn and so it tells a better story so i thought the acting was a great job it still tells a very good feel feel-good story it's simple, but it also simplifies like the idea of like the brother who had been working way harder for this, like getting shafted and just being told you're not that you're not the guy. Like yeah. they, like there, I mean there there is some conflict there, but it takes a back page. Was he but in then the movie? Comes back around. By the way, what? what was that? Was he in the movie The Brother? Page's brother? Yeah, like yeah, in the documentary. Movie. I think I, no. I thought he was. He's uh, originally. I thought he was the drug dealer, the one with the uh, the drug dealer friend. Oh, because he oh, they in had, the documentary. They no, they think? had the same. Uh, they had the same lip piercing as the uh, like the behind the scenes footage. Oh, during the credits, I didn't pay it. I didn't pay enough attention to like recognize that connection. Uh, that'd be very neat if it was. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I, dude had to have a, a tough time you know, seeing the making of this <laughs> and having to relive yeah. like the whole, like, yeah, you're not good enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a tough pill. That's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and, and also, I mean, like I said, like, like we're already covering the feel good part of the story. Like you said, leaving in the sex tape, like reference, like she then made it to WWE and it wasn't all wonderful things. Like then like a lot of that shit was happening during NXT rise up and then her call up to WWE and like that's never gonna be mentioned it 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 wants like the, the company very much put out this documentary in hopes that ooh, we're gonna forget that like mm. out of this feel good story but it's not being included um so I think it it tells a very good story and it also like it, it reminds me why I like wrestling because it's there to tell a story and that's what most of any entertainment really is it's just like here's this story get enveloped in it but like the idea of like it's a story about this industry of telling stories in this circus show where it's usually behemoth wrestling but here's this british like outcast who manages if i can make it and has an amazing match and then has more amazing matches and then actually works on her craft and despite not looking like the prototypical woman becomes like the forebearer of the women's revolution that's coming into its own now with the rivalry I keep Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte might main event wrestle a women's triple yeah. threat might main I think, event. I think they the will do biggest it. Show. Okay, like it. I keep saying might just because I wonder if they'll pull the rug, but like I hope they fucking don't. I hope that's exactly what they're doing right now. Like, what a fucking long time coming. Yeah. I, I, is all I can say. That's that's what you'll be doing during that match. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. From the wedding I'll be at. <laughs> um, no, but I thought like I thought the acting was great in it. Yeah, The Rock, his first one does a great job at seeming like this is how you play a character. Like he did it as The Rock, saying like, "Don't fucking just be you turned up to 11. And that's what it is. And then the second one just feels more glorified. But character work was great. Uh, I thought everyone did a great job playing their roles with it. I, like I said, my, my bigger qualms are with the story itself, but then I have to remember that the idea is telling a story. And that's what wrestling is, and it's in, in and of itself. So cutting the nitty-gritty makes sense to me. So I actually don't have the qualm. Yeah. Uh, so some of the things I would add to it, I would have definitely um, add to like Vince Vaughn's character, Hutch. He was definitely the MVP for me in this movie. Um, at first, I thought he was kind of like an amalgamation of like, uh, was this uh, Bruce Hitchens and, uh, or not Bruce Hitchens, but uh, Bill DeMont and, uh, and Prince Bill Albert. Um, sure. And huge. Yeah, and they're like big with the NXT development and the performance yep. center and things like that. But uh, yeah, I totally forgot about Dusty. So yeah, Dusty just falls right into that. Um, but I loved it. Like, I mean, I like that. I mean, Vince Vaughn basically showed up on set and they put a like WWE polo on him. And it's like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and so I'm glad they didn't try to make him look like a wrestler. It just helped with selling. Like, he's an amalgamation of a lot of characters. Yeah. But I love that idea of just another guy. Yeah. And I loved uh, like the approach they did to like the training that um, I, and this makes me feel like this is kind of how they do approach it. Like they will have these tryouts and it's like hundreds of people or a dozen people come in and only one person's going to get even like a chance to walk into the front door. And even if they walk into the front door, they might be asked to leave immediately. And so there is that very like just high standard of quality that even though they won't explain it to you uh, directly, like, why don't you say I'm good enough? Um, it's that they're looking for this unique talent this spark that these professionals have been doing this all their life so they they have that instinct to actually say this is going to be someone special and you they actually vince vaughn does a great job of not like going up to page and saying the reason why we chose you is because you aren't the TNA show that we've been having for the last 20 years, that you are a true wrestler, that you are going to be one of those that make makes the women's division be taken seriously and a and become like probably the best part of WWE right now. Um, that that was never told directly to her because if you tell her that, then that just inflates her ego and she won't do that well. That is like put in the work, go through the grind. Um, and then find the ways on your own to show off that talent that you have. So you can actually win those crowds over night after night and understand what it is to be part of this business. So I loved all of that about Hutch. Um, I did also like, uh, the family dynamics as well, especially like that dinner scene, uh, Steven Merchant's shitty mustache as Zach's girlfriend's dad was amazing. Um, but that was just like fun to see, like 
bringing like your girlfriend that oh surprise i got her pregnant and her family over to dinner and your family is like your dad has a mohawk and he's wearing soccer jerseys at the dinner table he's not wearing a tie or anything um and y'all are eating takeout chinese um but you're still trying to be the nicest people possible but once someone brings up the family business and speaks to it in a very critical fashion it's like hold on now (laughs) take a step back uh if you're going to uh discredit our business we want to know why and i love like how they just automatically change on a dime when uh he brings that up um also uh found that uh florence Pugh she does a really solid job of not necessarily being an accurate portrayal of Paige, I think it's probably going to be tough to find someone that can have the same look as Paige, but also uh, even for British accents, she has a very unique accent. And so I think that's a tough thing to pull off for any actress, but I would actually uh, say Florence Pugh did a great job. I don't know if they used a lot of stunt doubles or anything, but to me, it seemed like she had the physicality to actually look like she was going through wrestling training and putting in the work. And she also did a great job of um, actually selling like the feeling of moving away thousands of miles from your home and trying to get through this dream that it's not just you. It's also you're doing this for your family uh, and also at the same time feeling utterly alone at the same at, as always and it's not necessarily because everyone's against you it's more of you kind of just found this perception that everyone's against you but you never um never reached out to see are you really alone in this journey which i thought was really cool when they're on the bus and everything and up to this point she just jumped you thought it was going to be that thing where she had to overcome the um, the pretty bitches that were also hired for their looks and everything. She has to be the true wrestler that rises above all of this. Uh, but then you find out, like, hey, I mean, even though they were probably chosen for their looks, they're put in the work, too. They're beating your ass at the training right now. Um, they're doing this for better lives as well. You're not the only one. So, no, you're not alone in this journey. This is, your fam- this is part of your family now. And that's kind of how the wrestling business is, is that... When you join that group of wrestlers that has to see each other in the locker room every day, go on the buses every day to go to every single city, that y'all kind of have to be a family to actually make that happen and make that work, especially to have a great wrestling match as well. So I thought that was really cool that uh, they took that time to show how uh, Paige had to kind of grow up a little bit to connect with these other girls that she felt she had no connection to at all. I did uh, also like Zodiac Zach. So I did like uh, Jack Loudon's performance as Zach. Um, I kind of started liking his story. I found his story a little bit more interesting than Paige's. I thought that was really neat how um, he would go around the town to pick up all these kids that um, that could have been troublemakers if they didn't have this outlet of wrestling and him being their coach and him being there for his neighborhood and everything uh, was really cool to see. He would actually put in that work and everything, even though it doesn't mean a lot of money or fame or fortune and everything. 
uh, he was, it was something that kind of kept him driving to his goals. And once that goal is pulled out from under his feet, it's tough for him to kind of come to terms with, well, the goal is to be a good wrestler and a good person. And you got a, you got a kid now and everything. And, um, that's worth doing it that because even if you, uh, even if you lose out at the big chance of being in the WWE wrestling can still be your calling. You can still teach others how to wrestle and make a name for yourself that way. Yeah. Like his dad had, um, there's and, not a neg- like there's oh, ahead, not Kyle. a negated value in making it to a certain echelon. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be the method. Right. And one one of the things that uh Steven Merchant highlight when he when he talked after the movie and someone asked was uh I don't know if you guys remember the the blind kid that's in the movie too. Like he was like he, he was real. Like he actually continued to teach the kid how to wrestle and he became a wrestler. He was as far as they know he was one of the first blind wrestlers to ever actually perform after being trained by Zach in real yeah. life. And I think that's like I would even love to see a documentary or a movie about that. Like that was pretty neat. Like the yeah. So like he was highlighted, but he was such a side character, but really like that's a cool story as well. Yeah, I thought that was sick. Um I thought it was cool to show that when Zach like kind of lost his heart and what he was doing, uh that those kids went back to like breaking lamp posts and and vandalizing stuff that one guy went back to dealing drugs and with drug dealers but then when he got back up on his feet i mean he kind of saw why he mattered is like this is kind of a rough neighborhood rough town um if they don't have this outlet that they know they can go to and have fun but also learn something it could fall apart and be worse for that community if he wasn't there. So he's, he's actually like a shining beacon for that community. And it's like, wow, I want to kind of see the whole story of Zach now because of that. Um, also like, uh, yeah. Also liked, uh, like just the little Easter eggs they did for wrestling. Uh, I liked it during the tryouts. There's someone that did look kind of like Pete Dunn and, and Zach just goes, excuse me, miss to him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought even the, uh, the girls that, uh, played like the, uh, other girls trying out along with Paige, their amalgamations of other characters, um, but uh, I think they played those roles really well. They weren't like ditzy or anything. They were, they were true blue, like probably blue collar American girls. I just like, hey, I'm looking for a chance to feed my daughter some food or uh, just make some better money than what I'm doing right now. I don't want to be dancing in the club for the rest of my life. Let me try something else. Um, but I did also find like when it comes to the story, there's probably going to be some diehard page fans that'll kind of not like how they approach the NXT part, how it was kind of glossed over that. It felt like they kind of rushed that they went from the performance center to some exhibition matches with their like three on three match, um, with, uh, in, uh, NXT, but you don't really get to see, Paige's prominence in NXT per se, like how she became the first NXT women's champion and then went to raw to become the divas champion. Cause how which, long was she in either Brylin or Kyle? Do you know, how long was she in NXT before she got the come up? I want to say like a year. I think it was okay, two. So it's, even not yeah, that. It's, it's, it's a year to a year or two, but like whatever it was 
she was the first like NXT call-ups have now become a thing that you expect. Yeah. That was that was the it was it was a surprise. Like even people on Raw were like who the fuck is this person? Yeah. But those who knew were hyped. Yeah. And it's why it still happens to this day. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think you could have necessarily told that part of the story. Yeah, cuz like I said, you know, earlier oh, yeah, with like Paige can't. being like the 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 middle of the pack dog like if she comes in and has this triumphant return at the end of the movie which is supposed to be like a redemption arc you know if you will it like that doesn't necessarily make sense yeah you had to bill it as like some random chick entering the ring and then you know beating up the champion well it would have been like a double it would have been a double golden ticket moment because the moment where they get that like you're you've made it like you've been selected to join the wwe that's the moment and then if they just did that again, being like, oh, actually, you're like coming from NXT to actual WWE, that would have been weird. Like it would have lost a little bit of its emotional credibility, I feel like. Yeah. So I can see why they wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Contracts, I thought it would are, been... contract signings are kind of boring when you do them all the time. You know, you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> well, we're signing this yeah. contract today and tomorrow I'll sign, you know, another one. That's I thought they it do been... them live on TV sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it'd been kind of neat though if they if they did take a moment to kind of show uh, Paige finding her confidence in her persona in NXT rather than just that that tag team throwaway match and show a reason why she stands out a little bit more than the other um, other girls that got to that point with her. So why among that group is she the one that needs to be called up? It kind of just feels like abruptly or like right after that match, they're just like, all right, um, you need to go here and talk to this secret person inside the room. And why aren't the other girls? Because the other girls seem to actually be right there level to level with her. And I know it's something where Hutch says, like, you either got it or you don't. Um, and he definitely knew that Paige had it. She just had to find it her own way as well. Um, I just think we needed like another scene to show uh, when does Paige become Paige and is not choking at when she has to do a promo and uh, not messing up uh, moves or anything like that. Uh, and then I would, then the AJ match at the end would have. I think felt a bit stronger that she's coming in with confidence and everything. And uh, how does her confidence and her persona differ from AJ Lee's at that time? So that was a time where I didn't really watch wrestling, but I've, I've watched the YouTube video of that match uh, before. And uh, it's actually a very quick match. It's a, it's basically a squash match on AJ, which is surprising, but there's yeah. a lot of uh, political things behind uh, like business things behind it going on with CM Punk and her at the time. So it was kind of like she kind of had to let it go because I think she got released very soon after that or she decided. Well, it was leave. also just after WrestleMania. They can't necessarily, you know, plan a long match the night after, you know. Yeah. Uh, the night after the night after WrestleMania is always considered the beginning of if you can ever describe the WWE have seasons. Yeah, yeah, the beginning of the season. Yeah. yeah. So, you like, your, whatever you happens your finale. is usually, yeah, you get your title changes, and then here's the new chapter. And so, most rivalries are not mentioned. It's like, cool, fresh start. Here's new characters. Here's new things. If you, yeah, so AJ Lee, like, winning the title the night before, cool. 
that closes that chapter, and that just means cool. For that year, AJ Lee had that. Now she's done. Yeah. Brian, you do raise a good point that, I, you know, I did, I don't think it necessarily totally detracted from my enjoyment of the movie, but they never quite answered, like, why she, like, loves wrestling so much. Yeah. Yeah, because that, she felt that bothered me. They never, very resentful to it at first yeah. because uh, it's kind of just like it was what the family did. Right. That she had no yeah. choice. But it seemed like at the and, end of it, it was still like, oh, yeah, because my family re- wants me to wrestle, so I wrestle. And yeah, which just kind of falters. Like, usually there's a passion to it, but like, yeah, they specifically like put a frame around it where Vince, put, like, Vince Vaughn's character pushes her. Why are you actually here? And her answer even seems kind of half hard. I mean, she's not wrong that it's an escape. Yeah. But. But the whole movie frames it around like she loves it because she has no other choice. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. It didn't. And you could even they I feel like they kind of like try to be like. You know, it's it's all about the her family and that's what drives her forward. You know, using her finisher move was the Zack attack, you know, and I, I think that was kind of their point that she did it because. Not necessarily she was the one that loves it, but that she loves her family. And that's, you know, that's how she maintains those relationships. Um, and that's bigger than it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I might be reaching on that one, but uh, I don't think there was I wouldn't a, say so. Right. But, you know, using that using that finisher move. I, I don't know. They could have also yeah. had a scene on that one where the first time she th- like they ask her about a finisher and like she can't think of anything, so she just does her brothers. Yeah, uh, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, or like him, like him showing her the ropes, how to do it. Yeah, like, yeah, and it could have been her just just honoring her brother because he put did put so much work into himself and to her and many others. Too. That was yeah. that was a well acted scene. He kind of made this moment happen, and so. well well written between uh, the older brother and then uh, Zach when they were running. That I mean, honestly, that one was kind of a better better inspiration on why she likes wrestling more than anything Paige actually said in the movie. Um, yes, where he's you know he's like, oh yeah, she's gonna make it because um, she had what I never did. You know, she, she had you like that. That was a, that was a well done scene. Um, and then he immediately runs off this. Like the, the frame yeah. of the whole thing was very, very good. Um, yeah. So I, I had one question um, kind of speaking about some of the wrestling, especially through the next days. Um, they did. I think they had stunt doubles for both Paige and AJ Lee for for that. But what do we think about the wrestling? Um, I thought the wrestling was fine. Uh, I I don't know if uh, AJ Lee, like because that's not AJ. That's uh, it was Zelina Vega. Who knows how yeah. to wrestle? Right. So. Yeah. Who's, who's like yeah, coming up WWE, now? Right. She's yeah. a WWE. Like currently, she's uh, for Andrade. She's like. Um, manager but she is a wrestler she's come up through NXT, mrs so like, black exactly yeah she's compared <laughs> to another wrestler who's coming up through nxt too uh so i don't know if she necessarily did it but yeah they definitely did it had a stand or some of the moves i guess there were certain slams that they wouldn't let the actors do and that's just like contractual like safety shit yeah i like in I know, the beginning 
where you saw like Nick Frost and like any of the matches where Nick Frost and Lana Headley were were also wrestling, I found quite entertaining. <laughs> Those were great. <laughs> cool. So with that, we are going to go into our final thoughts. Uh, Mr. Blewett, what would you would you recommend this movie to everybody? And what are your final thoughts? Uh, totally. I you know I didn't have a ton of a ton of like thoughts or high expectations coming into this. And I was thoroughly entertained. It's like right under two hours long does not overstay. It's welcome. Um, despite a couple pacing issues, um, totally go see it has a ton of heart. Like I, I didn't expect the WWE to write a movie that I would actually feel for most of, if not all of the characters in it. Um, also it's getting great reviews on rotten tomato. So I think, I'm not the only one that's like saying this, which again <laughs> is blowing my freaking mind that we're here yeah. very positively reviewing a WWE movie besides the condemned, which is the greatest movie of, you'll ever see in your entire <laughs> life. Like, but that was what I was comparing it to. You know, I was like, Oh yeah, the WWE, they're going to make a stupid action movie. You know, this is going to be some like kind of chick. The Marine like, six. Like, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> but this movie came out, had, Super relatable characters, super relatable themes, and uh, despite a couple things, it really was enjoyable to watch. I genuinely yeah. was like happy she got the title at the end of it. I knew how it ended. I saw the match. I actually saw the match live because you know you you watch WrestleMania and then you watch Raw and then you put it down again until you know the Rumble and the winner. You know, it's like exactly. such is exactly. the way. Exactly. So I actually saw that, and I was one of those idiots that was like. Who the hell is that? <laughs> you know, it was cool <laughs> to kind of see it. You know, again, knowing where it ends, but you you still are just like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Is so. the condemned the one with Kane? No, that's Stone Cold. No, that's the one with yeah, Stone Cold. It's like, the, like the greatest oh, okay. movie I've ever seen. It was when like <laughs> like you know the, the the in vogue thing was to leave wrestling behind and like do a movie, and then it yeah. it really worked for The Rock, and it didn't work for Stone Cold. No. I think you're oh, thinking of Dead, si- Dead Silence. Is that the one with Kane? Where he's like... No, nah, that's See No Evil. See No Evil. Yeah, See No Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. They've made uh, enough movies that we don't know which one is which. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I, was to, I was trying to think of the Marine, because like, but that was John Cena. That was John Cena. You know, for the first, like, three. And then The Miz for the next five. Yeah. Like, they've made so many of those. <laughs> yeah. So many Marines. Hasn't that series only been out for, like, six years? How they make like uh, they make like two movies a year. Hey, that's how the Saw franchise worked for a long time. Hey, that was a, yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> you ain't wrong. Kyle Kowalski. Um, what are your final thoughts on this movie? My final thoughts is that yeah, it's uh it's a wonderful take and like a very personable take on the wrestling community. I think Steven Merchant plays a huge role in making like how kind of remarked how it turns a movie that you'd think would only apply to people who are already fans of wrestling who only already get it but steven merchant like from his work in the office he knows how to make even the most boring or weird or outcasted kind of you know because wrestling still is it's a circus show it's just become part of the mainstream thanks to Vincent work but finds the humanity in it he finds where you can connect with it he finds what's hard about it being away from your family while trying to live up to a legacy like that's universally relatable in any way you cut it so it tells a great story like i said my qualms with it i i mean i'll have the same qualm like with bohemian rap city about like you're not telling 
you're telling some of the tragedy of Queen, but mostly you're telling Freddie Mercury's story, but you're also cutting it up to tell it as dramatically or happy as you can in a way that works in Hollywood. And that's not the necessarily the right story. And I always want to know that nitty gritty being a musician. I want to know that about how Queen came up and they tell the parts where it was hard or how they actually came up too quickly. And I always want to know that. Like, I think it does a good job to convey the paid story, but like, I want to know how NXT really grind you down. Yeah. I want to know how the indies, like, was it, did she, how big did they really get? Was it really that small? And like, they just happened to like catch someone's eye after calling so many times. Like, those are the things I want to know, but I know that doesn't tell the easy overall story. So those are my qualms with it, but that's personal qualms that I know I'm not going to get because that does not make a story about a business whose whole purpose is to tell you within a squash match where she wins the title in like three minutes but that told a story like who's this who's this newcomer but it made you care about it in a couple of minutes and it made you excited that this new champion bringing in this new realm so like it doesn't really matter if i wanted more or maybe that's the whole point actually it might matter that it left me wanting more Awesome. So my final thoughts is like that encapsulates exactly what you get out of wrestling at its finest core. I've <clears throat> I've brought people into my house like to come over and watch wrestling. Like several people watched Royal Rumble at my house who have never watched wrestling before, and some of them in the blink of like someone entering the ring, this character they've never heard of comes in, but they portray their character so well, and it works. And then this chaotic arc where there's an all for every man or all for every woman like battle royal over the top but you get the sense of who this character is and you get these special moments where they get to interact with this other character who they'll never be a full arc, but like you get to see it and there's just so much you can like, take from it if you put on the right show and tell the right story, even in the smallest frame. And that's, that's what keeps me coming back to wrestling. That's what I really like about it. Awesome. King Abbott, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I, think, I think everybody should go out and watch it. I'm glad it's getting good reviews. You know, pacing issues aside, I think you know, Stephen Merchant, The Rock, and the writers and the actors made it very accessible. Uh, like I said before, Kyle and I got to, to go see an advanced screening. So those screenings at the, the Boston Common Theater are not like, it wasn't a crowd of people who wanted to see the movie necessarily. It was just people who didn't want to pay $20 for a movie ticket. Like, you get a weird <laughs> crowd at these free showings. And so half these people probably didn't even know what the movie was about. Half these people probably don't even know what the WWE is or what wrestling is. Like, it was it was a fun crowd, but by the end, everybody was clapping. Everybody was engaged. Lots of people were staying around to talk to the director because, like, they were engaged in the movie. And I think that's what's fun about it is that um, they did try to make it fun. Like I said before, I like the comedic timing. I like the jokes. I like uh, a lot of the ways that was executed. And it does have its ups and downs. Like, it does get serious. Uh, but there's something there for everybody. Um, and I think they did a really good job putting that together. And I think, you know, taking something that was true to life that was originally a documentary which is sort of the way you would expect something like this to go and then third step taking it it's like when you have a movie and then they make the novelization of the movie and then they make a video game based off the novelization based off the movie but in this case it was real life then to documentary then to movie based off documentary based off real life and making this dramatic retelling like almost like an epic dramatic retelling of the movie um, I think that's really fun because I eat that shit up like any of the like little dramatic reenactments on like 
ghost ghost hunting shows i always think are great so i just looked at it like a really long one of those so if you really like that if you really like wrestling if you've never watched wrestling i think anybody could step into this movie and step out of it enjoying it and getting something out of it so go check out the movie and uh yeah maybe start a backyard wrestling circuit (laughs) yeah and i'll also add on to that yeah i definitely recommend this movie it definitely has a lot of heart uh one thing i really love about it is um that this is just kind of probably pages chapter one and hopefully what's a long career i know she's dealing with some injuries right now and there's a big question mark will she come back to wrestling she's kind of has the same injury that took daniel bryan out of the picture for a while but nowadays daniel bryan is a badass heel champ right now doing this weird like eco terrorist planet he basically called himself Captain Planet tonight. It was hilarious. Oh, he did. <laughs> That's amazing. But um, but uh, I think it was a really fun re- recreation of Paige's rise to the WWE and just showing that connection of uh, what it was she learned from her family and just seeing how her family operated and the silliness that was probably there, but also seeing that this was something that they truly love and dedicated their lives to because, um, the, the alternative is just a worse road to go down to, especially with, uh, where they lived. Uh, but also I did appreciate like, even though there's some vulgar humor and everything, I find this to be a very wholesome movie too. So I, f- I would feel comfortable like taking my own family to go see this movie. Uh, just because I think everybody can get a little something out of it, whether it's um, older siblings helping younger siblings or just being someone that leaves, leaves the nest for the first time and has to struggle through becoming their own person as well um it's not really accurate to how things did but i mean that's going to be the dramatic effect of any type of movie you can't put in every single accuracy especially with the wwe involved they will protect certain layers of the business to a point and but i think they did a really great job with the amalgamations that they uh, came up with especially with vince vaughn's hutch he's definitely worth seeing the movie for uh so yeah definitely go see this movie it is a lot of fun has a lot of heart to it and with that we have been the down and front podcast uh broken kyle kowalski where can we find more of your work oh yes the most convenient places and that's where i'm going to drop the character i cannot yes deleted um I can be found on any social media via my name, Kyle Kowalski, but most importantly uh, would be what I spend most of my time focusing my energy into would be Actor Observer, which can be found on any social media by searching Actor Observer, as well as Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp. We're on anywhere you can usually find streaming music, YouTube. We have music videos up there. Uh, We just announced this past Friday that we are going on tour in April. Uh, It's a tour that's going to take us around the Great Lakes and the Northeast. Uh, Going out through Detroit, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Boston, Providence, and New Hampshire, Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, With a great band from the great country of Canada, our brothers from up north called Sparrows. Uh, We've gone on tour with them before, and it's been a wonderful experience. I'm looking forward to doing it again uh, in the springtime where it's 
progressively getting warmer and nicer versus the last time we did, which was fall, as it was getting colder and shittier and more morose. Um, regardless, we're very excited to go on this. This is actually going to be our first headlining tour in support of the album we put out back in August on No Sleep Records called Paridolia, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera, et cetera, as well as No Sleep Records website. They also have some merch up there as well. Awesome. Thank you for joining us this evening. King Abbott, where can we find more of your tasty morsels of work? Uh, you can find me hosting uh, the Fear Boners here on the Down in Front podcast network, uh, Poppin' Boners, uh, every hour on the hour, um, bringing the latest in horror news to you, um, including the exciting news that... Uh, the director of Hereditary just announced his next terrifying film today, so that was super exciting. Um, probably have some some updates on that coming down the pipeline. Uh, yeah, and also, that teaser I, looked sick too. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be like if if Hereditary scared the shit out of you, wait until you see this one. It's probably going to make you poop blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, super psyched on horror. That's what I do uh, here at the podcast. I'm around. You can find me anywhere on the uh, internet by searching the Abs Man, not the Ass Man. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> um, You're not the one Billy Gun. Not yet. Not yet. I haven't committed to shaving my butt. Um, wow, this is getting very personal. Uh, but I'd also like to double back on Kyle Kowalski and remind everyone that you can find more out about this uh, little orange gremlin at, by searching hashtag Kowalski Couch Collection on Instagram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's still out there. It's one of the best, like, probably the greatest. Um, photoshop internet uh i wouldn't call it a meme per se but i would say it's an internet viral meme is what i would you know the the better word is really movement (laughs) or lack kyle does have some really decent movements (laughs) (laughs) we will not be answering any other further questions about the context of that (laughs) please consult our lawyers for further inquiry If, you if only there was reach out, you can reach out to me directly at fearbonersdifp at gmail.com to ask about horror movies or Kyle's movements. <laughs> or suggestions for new uh, additions to the Kowalski Couch Collection, because it's been a little quiet. Uh, we like to lull our enemies into a false sense of security before dropping the bomb. So yes, listeners, if you do have a, a request as to where you would like to see Kyle sleep next, just reach out to us and let us know and it will be done. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Super Shredder, Mike Blewett. I'd like people to lull people to sleep before uh, dropping nice. bombs on them. <laughs> Gaseous bombs. <laughs> Where can we find more of your uh, fun work? So you can find me at My News Music and My News Band on most major platforms. Um, we'll do stuff, you know, slowly. Um, you can also, if you want, you can read my book. Uh, I just put out a book. Uh, it's called, it's a, it's a romance novel called Jesse Rand fixed, not fake. Um, <laughs> goes through everyday adventures. Uh, I am the mouth of the South Island. Um, you can find more of my individual work. Uh, you can find me hitting those ton burp 
buckle, blah, blah. <laughs> you can find me hitting those turnbuckles on Twitter at Bryland, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Uh, you can also find me posting mini movie and TV reviews on Instagram at I am Brylon. I recently put up one up for Peter Jackson's latest film, They Shall Not Grow Old. Incredible documentary. Definitely see it if you can. Um, and as always, we are the Down of Podcast. And you can find all of our work around social media, the internet, and the highs and the lows uh, on Twitter at underscore D-I-F-P. Uh, we have a website, downfrontpodcast.com. You'll find us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and all those wonderful podcast networks that are out there. And definitely on our website, check out our other cool things like the Fear Boners podcast run by King Andrew himself. He is great at what he does. Uh, and I always look forward to all the wonderful horror movies that he recommends. Uh, we are the Downfront Podcast. Thank you for joining us this evening. Our next review, obviously, is going to be Captain Marvel. Join us next week for that wonderful movie, hopefully. And good night. If you spell...